Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. As always, I am your host, Connor Clancy, and joining me is just one person this week, it's the ever-reliable Vito Doria. Vito, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Connor. Um, it's great to be on and uh, pretty happy with the things uh, going in this round. But yeah, commiserations to your team. You lost to the team from the dark side, unfortunately. Yeah, sadly. I, I didn't expect you to bring this up, to be honest, given who... Atalanta were beaten by but it was a strange week as you kind of touched mm. on there and if there was a week to lose I think this week might have been it given the way the results elsewhere went but uh, Vito I guess the place to start is probably in Turin it was on paper the big game of the weekend but the outcome was never going to be anything other than a Juventus win and that's exactly what came Juve beat Roma 1-0 and surprise, surprise, Mario Mandzukic got an important goal in a big game. Yeah, once again, he's the one that's decisive in the big moments for Juventus. And yeah, another routine win, especially based on the scoreline. Although Roma did have some possession towards the end of the game, I felt that it was Juventus's game to lose, really, because uh, the Giallo Rossi did not pose much of a threat. And Chesney did not need to make many saves. It was just easy for him to just let uh, Bonucci and Chiellini clear things up. And that was pretty much it, really. Yeah, well, Roma, Roma in our tenth. We will get into them. But Mansukic, we we love him on the podcast. But he still, he still gets overlooked, even by us sometimes. Because it is easy to look at Juve and think, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Paolo Dybala. The, these exciting players but Mandzukic how many times does he score these big goals in big games and it's not only that he scores goals he scores the same goal across to the back post where he absolutely bullies a defender and heads it it's just 
he makes it so easy and they've got this guy who who doesn't get the credit he deserves and look we won't go into him because myself and Dov have spoken about him we've all spoken about him but Mandzukic what a guy actually do you think it's fair to say he's he's been their best player this season can make a case for it and I'm not sure about the exact statistics but I read somewhere that he's probably scoring at a far more accurate rate than Ronaldo. So Ronaldo, he takes a lot more shots and he has scored more goals, but probably in terms of chance conversion, uh, Matt and Zukic would probably be the more effective out of the two. Yeah, Matt Zukic, you just never doubt him when he has a chance. You know, as you said, Cristiano does have a lot of shots, whereas Matt Zukic, when, when it, you see him lining up a shot, you see him coming into the box like that, you just think, oh, here comes a goal. Can we can we talk about Roma? Because Aaron Holland is already in the comments. Hello, Aaron. He says, I miss being the second best team in Italy. Um, it might be a while before you hear that again. Currently the 10th best team in Italy. And what struck me about this is that after the game, Eusebio Di Francesco was talking about how there were so many positives. Um, Vito, I'm not sure about you, but this to me sounded like a man who was trying to prove something that wasn't there in a desperate attempt to save his job. It's pretty much the same with uh, Gagliardini and a few other interplays when they lost to Juventus a few weeks ago. Um, To be honest, I think it's Di Francesco just trying to be positive in a situation where there's just so much negativity. Uh, Roma really lacked a lot of guile and Zaniolo... He was involved in a few positive plays, but he was probably at fault for the U of A goal. And the main positive was, in fact, that Robin Olsen actually had a good game for Roma as opposed to last week where he was woeful. So if he had another shocker like he did against the Grifone, the scoreline would have been much more embarrassing. Yeah, well, Aaron has actually popped up into the, the comments with, with a comment on Olsen saying, imagine performing as well as Olsen did today and still not ever having any chance of winning. Is is it that Olsen's performance was so good and, and Roma didn't have any chance of winning because they were so bad or they are so bad? Or is it just because Juventus are, as we know them to be, just on a completely different level to the rest of Serie A? Juventus are on a completely different level to everyone else, really. Roma, in general, still have a good squad, but there are injuries to deal with and they are still in poor form, let's face it, even though they won last week. But when teams go to Juventus, they either either feel intimidated or because Juventus have that superior quality throughout the whole squad, it's pretty hard for any team to go to the Juventus stadium. Uh, Roma, they're not going to be the first team that's going to have trouble playing Juventus in Turin, and they certainly won't be the last. Um, It's just two different things, playing at home and playing there out of all places. Yeah, well, you're right. Not many teams will be able to go to Juventus and give them a match or even win this year, but I don't know. The the whole Roma thing strikes me as bizarre because they're 10th now. We're not at the beginning of a season anymore here. We're we're 17 games in. We're basically halfway through the campaign and Roma are 10th. And at what point does it become a serious question where we have to say, 
okay, Di Francesco, maybe things didn't go as he would have liked in the summer. He did an okay job there last season. But this season has been shambolic. And surely at some point there has to come a point where we're almost like, okay, enough is enough. We can get someone else in who can do a better job because this isn't acceptable. Really depends on how good those candidates are to potentially replace Di Francesco. You don't really want to hire a guy who's going to improve them just a slight percentage. You want to see significant improvement. And as we've discussed on the previous podcast, guys like Vincenzo Montello, Paolo Souza, and anyone else who's been linked with the job aren't really going to bring Roma not just back to Europa League spots, but to really fight for the Champions League. I don't think some of those coaches are really up to that task. So for the time being, it's probably better just to see where Di Francesco goes with this squad. And if you really got to get rid of him, might as well just wait until Roma get out of the Champions League or maybe even wait until the very end of the season. So whoever takes over next season has a fresh start and has a new squad to work with. Is it is it not too early though to to still write off the season because we look at the table and it is still so close there. Roma are tenth, but they could easily be fourth in the space of a month if results went their way. We've seen that with Atalanta being what was a fifth last week and now they're ninth. It, it changes so so quickly, but if it could just be a case of the players and Di Francesco, it's just not working. They they just need anyone else. We've seen in the past where it doesn't necessarily matter who comes in as much as it matters to get rid of the guy who it's not working for it you see in in the premier league now manchester united have sacked jose Mourinho with no plans it seems to get in anyone who's an established coach and they've brought back Solskjaer. things looked a lot better this week for them but i don't know has it just gone completely wrong on on a personal level for the francesco there or is it a tactical thing or is it because of the players he has at his disposal? Because we saw this summer they brought in a lot of players. Obviously, they, they got rid of Nangalan. Um, Kevin Strootman was sold as well. And, and they built this team that looked like it was planning for the future. They had Schick already. They brought in Clivert, Cristante, um, Zaniolo as well. And Is it the players that he has at his disposal or is he just not the right man for them? Throughout the season, I've been saying that it's mostly been the players that have been brought in. It's part of Roma's model to just chop and change and be a selling club. So I think that makes Di Francesco's situation a lot harder than it should be. If they do sack him now, perhaps they might need that new coach just to bring in something different, you know, and perhaps they might have this honeymoon period under the new coach, but like I wrote in a feature for Forza Italian Football recently, if you change your coach, those coaches got to prove that they're good enough to stay beyond the honeymoon period. So regardless of who comes in, whether it be, let's say, Paolo Sousa, just to throw a name out there, um, he might win three or four games in a row, but if they decline, then it makes you wonder what was the point of getting rid of Di Francesco in the first place. They need someone who needs to bring in a lot more continuity and make sure they do well throughout the second half of the campaign. Yeah, you're, you're probably not, probably not wrong there. I want to talk about 
someone on the, the Juventus side that I do want to speak about is Mattia De Silio because to be honest, I've been critical of him in the past, but he's been quite good this season. Do you think there's a connection there between João Cancelo coming in and De Chilio finding arguably the best form we've ever seen from him? Because when he broke through at Milan, he was so highly tipped as being this really exciting fullback coming through in Italian football. And then it all kind of went stale, whether that was just because of Milan or if it was something deeper, who knows. But he went to Juve quite surprisingly and was just quite average. But now Cancelo's there. He's playing a lot better than he was before. Do you think the two are connected? Is Cancelo being there in some way better for, for Italy and De Chibio? I can see why you would make the connection because there is clearly more competition for spots at Juventus than there have been at AC Milan for the last five or ten years. Di Cilio is one of those players that, you know, he's had potential, but he hasn't always been able to fulfil it. One of the good things, though, is it was Allegri who gave him his chance at AC Milan and knew what he was like back then. So at least now at Juventus, you know, being with a strong set of teammates, and also having his former mentor there, um, I think Mick putting the two together, I think it makes things a lot easier for him. Well, second place, we have Napoli, who are eight points. Depressingly, eight points behind Juve already, and they are in their own little league with themselves for second place, it seems. They they beat Spal 1-0, but it was close. Um, Alex Merrett. He's back, he's fit, he's playing, and he's making big saves. He he kind of won the game for them today. He made a huge save quite late on to to cling on to the three points. And Vito, we've spoken about Napoli's problems at, at times this season when they had Ospina and goals. Um, Karnesis is there as well. Obviously, he's not very good. Merritt's um, going to be huge for them going forward, isn't he? Oh, Absolutely. He's only about 21 years old, but uh, you can understand why Napoli paid the money for him. If it wasn't for him and they had either Ospino or Carnesis in goal, I think Spa would have taken the points because the saves that he made on Poloski and then on Mohamed Fares for the header, they were absolutely superb saves. So I think it's going to be great for Napoli you know, heading into the future to have a goalkeeper like him because he's such a promising prospect. And although Europe is, you know, a couple months away, I wonder if Ancelotti will give him more time in the Europa League, see if he gets some exposure that way, because, you know, he's the kind of goalkeeper that I reckon uh, over time the rest of the world will keep their eyes on and focus on because, uh, you know, Italy still knows how to produce fantastic goalkeepers. It's not just uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma. So even if uh, Donnarumma doesn't work out for the best, Merritt's probably the next in line. So at least that is one position where the future of Italian football is in good hands. Yeah, for, for me, Merritt is the best of this generation of goalkeepers. There are quite a few coming through at the moment, but I just think Merritt's head and shoulders above the rest of them. Even he's even better than Donnarumma for me. I know he's a bit more raw and he doesn't have that experience, but I just think he's a more composed presence and he's 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 more 
more reliable, more trustworthy almost than Donnarumma is. We've seen Donnarumma make mistakes. And although I wouldn't necessarily hold every single one of them against him, I think there is always that mistake in him. But when Merritt went to Napoli, I thought it was such an upgrade on Pepe Reina. And then he was so unfortunate to miss out through injury for the first half of the season. Um, it, it was such a shame that they had to bring in Ospina because, being honest, Ospina's not as good as even Pepe Reina was. And Napoli kind of had to start from a disadvantage without having their first-choice goalkeeper for so long. And to their credit, it hasn't really done them too much harm. They're not going to win Serie A, but they look quite strongly positioned to finish second again, which I suppose is an achievement. And I do think Merritt will be a big factor in that. And you would hope that he plays he is their first choice, not only in Serie A, but in Europe as well. Because surely now, Vito, Europe is what they their season will be defined by. It will be success in the Europa League. So it would be a real shame for them to write that off and just focus on, the, on Serie A come the second half of the season. Well, uh, Napoli, they've been pushing for the Scudetto, but they've put their eggs all in one basket on two or three occasions and it's failed. So... I would like to see them have a genuine crack at the Europa League. They have Carlo Ancelotti as a coach who knows how to win cup tournaments. And if Napoli take it seriously, they have a good run and they, let's just say they somehow win it, it'll be 30 years since they won the old UEFA Cup when they had the legend himself, Diego Maradona, and then all those other great players like Ciro Ferrara, Careca, and so forth. So I think it'd be a nice touch. I'm just looking at the table and they're eight points off top, obviously. Is there any chance at all that we see a title race this season? It's I don't see it, but Juve are still in the Champions League. They got Atletico Madrid. If they go far, do you think there's any chance they could drop enough points for Napoli to make this interesting? Mm, no, I think this time... This time, Juve's depth is far too strong. It was strong enough before Ronaldo came in, and then you bring in someone who's not only been one of the best players in the world for the last 10 years, but possibly one of the greatest players of all time. That's very hard for a team like Napoli to compete. So I think this is Juve's Scudetto to lose at the moment, unfortunately. So that's why I really want to see Napoli put more effort and focus into the cup tournaments because that's where I think they've got a better chance of having better runs and maybe have the off chance of possibly winning it if they can get the focus right. In previous years, obviously, Maurizio Sarri has been reluctant to use his bench, but this year, Ancelotti has not only used it, but gotten the best out of the players that aren't necessarily first 11 players every week. Do you think they need to add anything in the in the winter market? Because they, they seem pretty well stocked up top and arguably in midfield too. Is Are there any areas of the team that need strengthening? Uh, to be honest, I don't think how strengthening the team in January in their case is going to make any significant difference at this moment. I think in most positions they're probably well covered. If anything, where they might need to look to improve might be at the end of this season because there'll be a few players such as Albiol, Mertens, and uh, 
Hamsik, they're over 30. Mertens is still good, but Albio and Hamsik, you've got to see where do they fit in in the long-term picture of this team and perhaps uh, that's where Napoli might need to find some sufficient replacements. And even Kayohan is over 32, so... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He's a player that, you know, needs to have his position looked at because even at his age, he's got great energy, but in the long term, when is that, when is that stamina going to weaken, you know? You need yeah, uh, sure. players who can continue on yeah Aaron Holland says they could end the season within six points of Juve but it will be a late gain more than uh, ever being a title race and I think sadly that is probably completely accurate Lazio beat Cagliari 3-1 it was a it was a big win for them this week given that Milan lost Atalanta lost um, Sassuolo and Torino took points off each other Roma lost so Lazio are the big winners here this weekend after the disappointment of Monday night in Bergamo and Sergei Blankovic Savage scored Vito. He, he <laughs> actually scored a goal. Mm. He did. And to be honest, I think, uh, as I was suggesting last week, Inzaghi needed to play Luis Alberto and Joaquin Correa together with Chiru Immobile, and it worked. For me, this was probably the best game they've played this season, Lazio. And I felt they could have won by. Pardon me, they could have won by a lot more, to be honest. Uh, Correa, Luis Alberto, Milinkovic, Savic, they were in superb form. Immobile probably should have scored three or four, but he did not get any, which is pretty surprising. And, yeah, I didn't think Cagliari uh, posed much of a threat. And the one who was a bit of a threat, Alberto Cherry, was taken off at half time. So, yeah, um, you could say Maran got a few things wrong, but... Inzag got many things right and he deserves credit for that. They are now fourth, one point ahead of Milan. Given the situation at the San Siro, 
I guess Lazio are probably favourites to to hold on to that fourth place because uh, as much as they have been inconsistent at times, they do have the best squad. They've well, I don't know if they do actually have the best squad, but they've definitely got a better coach than Milan and a lot of the other teams competing for mm. the that final Champions League place. And if they do keep finding this right um, algorithm, if you want to call it that, they're probably favourites to cling on now. At this stage, it seems to be the case. And I do really believe that if if this combo of having... Luis Alberto and Correa playing behind Immobile continuously works. I think that gives them a big chance to really hold on to the Champions League spot and maybe it might be decisive for them in, you know, the cup competitions and also, yeah, in the big games in the league because they provide a lot more unpredictability and takes pressure off Immobile. So if you can still win easily without Immobile scoring, I think that's a, a very good sign. It shows that Lazio do have extra scoring options when they're going forward. Yeah, well, they did climb into the Champions League places at the expense of Milan, who lost at home to Fiorentina, who who themselves are getting back on track now. They've won, I think it's three in a row, and Federico Chiesa got a big goal for them, a pretty good strike as well. But Gennaro Gattuso, after the game, said that AC Milan are in crisis, which is never something you want to hear your your club's coach say. And I'm sure the Milan fans are pulling their hair out hearing Gattuso say that. But, Vito, is he being a bit over the top or is he right? I think he's spot on, but I do think it's also a cop-out that your head coach says that in public. Those kind of things, you keep them internally. I found I do admire Gattuso generally being honest, especially since... Uh, Milan got that 2-2 draw against Benevento last season and his comments there when he wanted to stab himself. But with, with all honesty, um, that's where you need a bit of diplomacy and you don't talk about crisis. You try to divert the attention away. And I didn't think it was a well-handled uh, interview by Kutuzel because he even said that his players weren't good enough technically and that the squad was lacking quality. Again, in that situation, you try to cover things up as much as you can. So um, although there are some truths that we can see externally, I think there are a few things within the locker room that he should be handling a lot better and the directors of the club should be trying to identify how they can improve the squad in January without Gattuso making such comments. You would worry about it, wouldn't you? Because it's so strange for a coach to say something like that. This is the sort of thing, as you said, that stays in the dressing room. If you're in a crisis, you get these leaks from players and stuff, players' agents saying this and that. But for the coach to come out and say in a in a format as public as a press conference, we are in crisis, that seems bizarre to me. But there, there were a few things to emerge from this. One of them was that Jose Maury played and actually played quite well, which I... I am aware that he still plays for Milan, but every once in a while I forget and I see his name on the team sheet and I am shocked. And this was one of those occasions. But Ricardo Montalivo's agent came out before this game today. I think it was beforehand. And was condemning the situation of of his, his player there and asked if Milan thought Montalivo had a, 
a contagious disease, which I thought was quite strange, quite unusual. But does Montalivo surely there there is no place for Montalivo in a side who wants to be getting into the Champions League places? Absolutely not. Uh, Montalivo is one of the great wasted talents of Italian football, and. I just think since he's been at Milan, he's been more of a liability than an asset. To me, he's one of those players that had potential and had some ability, but I saw him as someone who lacked leadership, lacked courage, lacked determination, and probably did not have enough self-belief. You need someone who has those fighting qualities of a Gattuso, but still has those material talents of, you know, a Pirlo or a Kaká. So Montalivo is none of those guys, and he might as well just terminate his contract and speak to Berlusconi and Galliani at Monza and play some Serie <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably about his level. But I thought he could probably do a job for someone like Bologna or someone. But who knows? Maybe given how slow Bologna plays, that might not be a the best of options but what struck me about Milan not only today but in recent weeks is how completely disjointed their attack has been I mean there was, there was an incident when Hakan Chalanoglu had a chance and he tried to shoot through about four bodies when Gonzalo Higuain was unmarked in the six yard box and the pass to Higuain was as easy as taking the shot and it just seems mm-hmm. like they are a, a team of individuals in attack. Chalanoglu, Suzo and Higuain. We've seen Higuain and Suzo combine well. But in recent weeks, for whatever reason, that connection just isn't quite there anymore. And Higuain is obviously one of the most clinical finishers that Serie A has had in the last few years. And that is still true. I just think they need to find ways to get him into scoring positions a bit more. I know it's so easy to say that, but seriously, they've brought him in to score goals and his record isn't actually that bad. I think he's scoring like one in two, but he's just not getting enough service. Vito, let, let's lift the spirit. Empoli 2, Sampdoria 4. Um, this this was quite good. Um, Fabio Quagliarella is he's eternal. Yeah, the evergreen Quagliarella. It's Incredible. He's got 10 goals for the season now, and he scored in his last seven Serie A games, and that's a club record. I read in La Gazzetta he has beaten the club record of a player called Paolo Barison, who was a bit of a journeyman winger, but scored a few goals. He even played for AC Milan in the 60s and played for Italy at the 1966 World Cup. So, yeah, a bit of a feat there for Quagliarella, and it was a fantastic header to make it 2-1, so... Yeah, can't go wrong at this stage, at least with him anyway. Question for you. Um, Before Fabio Quagliarella, do you know who the last Italian player to score in seven Serie A games in a row was? I'd be taking a while guessing, say, Luca Toni. It was in 2010 and it was Antonio Di Natale, which is is quite fitting given this is the last pod before Christmas. It was big Antonio. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Phenomenal. And that was, I think, when Di Natale went through that purple patch. Not the one very late on in his career, but the one just before that, eight years ago. So Di Natale and Qualiarella, similar enough guys in that regard, I guess. But it's great to see him score. But the the real hero for for the Blue Chiacchiati today was um, Caprari. 
he started the season quite well. Him, Defrel and Qualiarella, he's he's faded a little bit in the last few mo- last couple of months, I guess. But he turned it on when you needed him to today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Caprari, he's been pretty inconsistent since playing at Sampdoria, but he's been uh, he's been providing a few goals, which is good. And and the two goals he scored today, well. The goal to make it 3-2 was a bit fortunate because I thought Providell probably should have held the ball better in that instance. But the goal to make it 4-2, oh, that was sensational. <laughs> Muru with Nicola Muru with the pass and then Caprari to take that left foot shot from the tight angle. Oh, that was amazing. And that goal seriously needs to be trending more on social media because that was a fabulous strike. And again, Sampdoria, I don't know what it is, but we're just having this thing of trying to score more spectacular goals than the other, you know? So it's Caprari's goal here, Sapunara's karate kick goal against Lazio, Quagliarella's back heel against Napoli. So we're certainly producing goals for the highlights reel. So even though we're probably not great goal scorers like you and Napoli, at least we're the scorers of great goals. So we've got some redeeming features at the moment. You guys are having your own goal of the season competition. And Pretty much. It will be a, I think it's bound to go to either Qualiarella or Sapanara. If, if the goal of the season was awarded now, so surely one of those two will be up there come the end of the season. But I was walking through the centre of Parma today, looking to buy some ham. And I was walking past a little bar and all I heard was an eruption of, ooh. And then I stopped. I thought that was an unusual noise. And I looked in and the reaction was because of that goal and the replay was being shown. And every time the replay was shown, it was a quieter and quieter version of the original sound, which, which was quite nice. But <laughs> we, we have a question. What time is it in Australia? It is 11.40 a.m. There you go. And if you're interested, it's 1.40 a.m. in Parma. Uh, right, where shall we go now? Um, I think we don't need to do too much more. Kievo one, Inter one. Let's let's give Sergio Polizia some love because the guy is ninety three years old and he just keeps scoring these goals. That if Kievo didn't have Sergio Polizia, they would be in Serie D. Pretty much, him and Sorrentino. Uh, Let's face it, Kiev are a two-man team. You just got to make sure that Stefano Sorrentino and Sergio Polizia are in the right condition, and you no know, Kiev will do something because they are the two talisman. They are the two difference makers, and that was a fantastic chip by Polizia too. So, and that was one of the things that was missing under Lorenzo Danna and Giampiero Ventura. That uh, Polizia was just staying on the bench, but. The Cardinals been giving him a chance. He's worked with him before through his previous stints at the Flying Donkeys. So uh, Policia is rewarding the Cardinals with the faith. And, yeah, it's been good so far. He's doing well at 39, so it's incredible. But I do hope they play badly midweek against some. <laughs> well, Policia and Sorrentino will definitely be eating too much panettone and pandoro on Christmas Day to perform on the 26th. So I think you you might be safe there. As long as you can keep Quags hungry, you're all right. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the composure from Policia to take a, an attempt like that in the 90th minute against Inter was phenomenal. Um, 
Right, Genoa beat Atalanta 3-1. Sassuolo and Torino drew one each. Udinese and Frosinone drew one each. And the game I was at was Parma nil, Bologna nil in the Christmas derby, the, the derby of Emilia-Romagna. And it was the second worst game I've seen this season behind only Parma nil, Frosinone nil. Uh, this, was, this was horrendous. Gervinho played, he's not fit. He could barely move. Um, Santander played for Bologna and just reinforced what I've always known to be true that he's horrendous, he's terrible he's he's not a footballer he came off and was replaced by um, one of our listeners, Mattia Destro who took his turn to do absolutely nothing <laughs> more than anything else this game just made me feel really sorry for Roberto Inglese because Parma don't serve him enough and I feel quite bad for the guy because he's expected to do things that he can't do and he's not allowed to do the things that he does do well and yeah I don't want to talk about this too much but Bruno Alves right Vito this is the week where we're going to give Bruno Alves some love because there's nothing else for us to talk about the guy has been (laughs) phenomenal since going to Parma I I thought he was done when he went to Rangers but he's come back to the the elite and he's doing it we have, um, I have a Portuguese friend here and she absolutely adores Bruno Alves for obvious reasons. And she pointed out the way he attacks a ball when he heads it. And it's like, you know, when you throw food up for a really hungry dog and they jump at it and they just attack it with their face. That's what Bruno <laughs> Alves does when he goes for a header. And it's one of the most beautiful sights in football. Uh, he does... It does provide that Parma side with valuable experience because there are so many players who have played mostly in the lower divisions. So even in his late 30s, Bruno Alves is still going to make sure that everyone's in the right place, in the right condition. And the way Parma is set up with the deep defending, I think it suits them to a T. Just having him there is very convenient. Yeah, and Alessandro Bastoni, like this is a guy who came through with Atlanta, obviously, went to went to Inter and was shipped out on loan to Parma. And even in the last three weeks, I think he came into the team about a month ago, but he's been playing consistently since. And the progression you can see in Bastoni week on week from playing with Bruno Alves is ridiculous. The confidence that the kid has now and just the way he attacks the ball as well is quite nice and he, he looks like he's benefiting to no end from having Bruno Alves beside him. But Vito, I, I think unless you have anything else to say, this is this is us. Yeah, that's probably about it for now. And yeah, just another musing round as we keep on reviewing the season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I don't know what our plans are after after or after during the, the Christmas period. Hang on, we have a question. Aaron, you're a little bit late. What are some of the best games in the next round? Well, that is something mm. you can check, but I, I will tell you, there aren't too many really good games. Atalanta host Juventus on the 26th of December, which could be interesting. Inter host Napoli on the same day at 8.30, so they're probably two games to watch. If you like car crashes, Roma plays Asvolo at home at 6 o'clock, so you could sit down at you could sit down in front of your TV at 12.30 European time and watch Frozenone Milan. And then you've got Fiorentina Parma, Cagliari Genoa, Bologna Lazio, Atalanta Juve, Sampdoria Chievo at three. 
Then at six o'clock, you've got Torino, Empoli, Roma, Sassuolo, Spalo, Udinese. And then at 8.30, you've got Inter, Napoli. So, Aaron, there are all of the games. You can choose which ones you want to watch from that list. But, yeah, I, I don't really know what our plans are throughout the, the Christmas period. We'll try to come back as soon as we possibly can. Um, maybe not on the 26th, but after the round of fixtures on the 29th. So, next week and possibly. Um, I am flying home tomorrow well i guess technically tonight and i'm really excited so if you can if you can remove the guinness from my hands i I will i will join you for a pod veto but (laughs) i I have nothing else to say except for veto merry christmas thank you for all of your hard work as ever throughout this year you are eternally appreciated thank you so much connor and uh, safe trip home back to ireland and merry christmas to you as well thank you very much and to our listeners Yes, absolutely. Um, from everyone at ForzaItalianFootball.com, everyone at the FIF pod, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners, wherever you are listening to us from in the world. Buon Natale a tutti. Um, have an amazing new year if we don't speak to you before then. And all that's left for me to say until next time is ciao for now. Ciao e buon Natale. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 